Welcome to today's podcast, Casting Down Idols. This is the podcast where we talk about addictions and recovery from a biblical point of view. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Dixon, and I'm addressing the problem of addictions from my own personal experience, but most importantly, from a biblical perspective. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, gambling, or overeating, or whatever struggle you may be facing, I want you to know there's hope for change. It's my prayer that through this podcast, you'll pick up some tools and encouragement that will enable you to live addiction-free. I've been clean and sober now for 31 years, and you can too. Whatever it is that binds you doesn't have to bind you any longer. So let's learn, grow, let's encourage one another on this road called recovery. Welcome to today's podcast. This is episode number three. In the podcast, Casting Down Idols, I'm your host, Pastor Mike Dixon. I trust that you've had a wonderful week, and I want to thank you for listening, not just to this episode, but also the previous episodes as well. I want to thank you for your encouraging words to me in the past three weeks since we started this endeavor together. I want to thank you for sharing the podcast on Facebook and for your kind reviews on iTunes. All this helps us reach more people who are struggling right now under the problem of addiction, and we offer a message of hope, and that's the message that God offers us. I'm convinced more so than ever before that we need to have a sense of urgency in the midst of this current drug epidemic that we are experiencing right now that we might reach as many people as quickly as we can. Now, this podcast is not just about alcohol and substance abuse addictions, but about any addiction that might hold you captive. Even though this episode may be focused more on the substance abuse issues, I believe these biblical principles and the things that we're going to talk about can easily be applied to any type of addiction that may hold you captive. According to the U.S. News and World Report, the opioid overdose deaths have quadrupled in the last two decades. Over 70,000 Americans died in 2017 by drug overdose, all of which could have been prevented. And while two-thirds of all the overdose deaths are related to opioids, either prescription or street drugs, the drug problem is not just opioids, but with all types of substance abuse addictions. In fact, let me ask you, see if you can answer this question. Do you know what the number one most commonly abused drug is in America? Think about it. The number one most abused drug is alcohol. Do you know what the second most abused drug is? Marijuana. So alcohol and marijuana. And it's easy to understand because these two are so easily accessible in our society. It's one reason two years ago in March 2017, I began an addiction recovery ministry out of our church, Oakdale Baptist Church in Rocky Mount. It's called LIFE, L-I-F-E. It stands for Living in Freedom Every Day. It's based on something Jesus said. It's recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 10, where Jesus said, The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so Jesus has come come to offer us abundant life. Now, when he says he wants to give us abundant life, he's not just talking about the quantity of life. He's not just talking about life everlasting. And when we die, we're going to spend forever with the Lord in heaven. But he's talking in present tense as well. He's saying right now. 
It's not just quantity of life, but it's quality of life. He's saying he has come to give us abundant life, not that we have to wait for it, but that we can have that abundant life here and now. And so this addiction recovery ministry that we started now over two years ago, right here in Rocky Mount, and if you're in our area, we would love for you to come and to be a part of what God's doing through this wonderful uh, ministry. It's not just a support group, but we're learning together and growing together while we also support one another. The Life Ministry meets every Tuesday night of the month. We meet at Oakdale Baptist Church located at 13037 U.S. 64 Alternate West Highway right here in Rocky Mount. The meetings always begin at 630. We always start with a meal together. We have a fellowship meal, a time of fellowship together, beginning about 630. And then 7 o'clock or shortly thereafter, we have a time of worship where we go to Lord together. All of us together, this is a ministry for men and women. So we always begin together in worship to the Lord and prayer together. We look at our group study together, always based on the Word of God. And then we always close the Tuesday night meetings in small groups where we break up and we pray for one another, encourage one another in more of an intimate setting. So I encourage you to come out if you're anywhere close to us, and you can come out and be a part of the life ministry. Again, we meet every Tuesday night beginning at 630 Here's a phone number you can call if you want more information on the Life Ministry. It's 252-442-6587, 252-442-6587, and that is the phone number for Oakdale Baptist Church, and you can call if you get the answer machine, leave a message, and leave your name and phone number, and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We'd be glad to give you more information on this wonderful ministry. Again, I feel an urgency to reach out to people that are struggling under addiction, just a few weeks ago, we had a gentleman visit our church for a Sunday morning worship. He came to Oakdale Baptist Church through the invitation of a couple in our church who had invited him to come and told him about the life ministry because he had shared with them how he was an alcoholic and he was involved in a program to help alcoholics stay on the road of recovery. And so he was interested to find out more about the life ministry. So I gave him some information on the life ministry, spoke to him again after the service, He told me he was coming to the life program the following Tuesday night. Well, he overslept, so he never made it to that life meeting. But in our conversation, shared with me how he was involved in another addiction recovery program and and how they taught that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And he had struggled with alcoholism for a large part of his life. It was really something that had gotten to a place where it was destroying him. And taking a toll on his health as well as everything that he held valuable, including his marriage and his family. He never made it to a life ministry meeting because just a few days later, he took his own life. That burdens me, and I can't help but think, I wonder if the message that he was taught to believe that there was no hope for the problem, the addiction that he had, I wonder if that message of hopelessness drove him to a place where Uh, He began to believe the only way I'm going to get out of my addiction is to take my own life and to end it. So this burdens me, friend. I, I believe that God's message is a message of hope. I believe that God is able to deliver anyone from anything, whatever it is that holds us captive. In episode number two, in the last episode, I shared a little bit of my story and how I used to be an alcoholic and I used to be a drug addict. But not anymore. There were many years of my life where I would use any type of drug I could get my hands on. I didn't care if I lived or died. There was such hopelessness in my heart. And there were many times over those years of drug addiction and alcoholism in my own personal life 
that I, I really came to places where I really wanted to change. I really wanted to quit. But it seemed like everything I tried, nothing worked. I mean, I'd do all right for a few days, but then come Thursday or Friday or especially the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'd be right back in the bars and right back in the neighborhoods that were drug infested, hanging around the same crowd, doing the same junk, putting the same poison in my body. And uh, I would wake up many a morning with hangovers and my, my head just throbbing and my, my throat so raw and numb and not being able to remember where I've been or what I've done and, and loved ones. Whether it was in my younger days, my mother and my father, or in my uh, early 20s uh, as a married man, whether it was my wife, my loved ones would be in my face as I would wake up. Uh, they would be very distraught and upset and crying and weeping and brokenhearted over me because they could see the direction that I was heading in. And many of those times in the midst of those hangovers, I would look at my loved ones and I would tell them, I promise you I'm going to quit. I promise you that's going to be the last time. I, I promise you I'm going to try harder. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be a different kind of man. And again, I'd do all right for two or three days, but then I'd fall right back into it. Over and over and over again in my life, I failed. I'd fail one failure after another failure to change. It seemed like I didn't have the power that I needed inside of me so that I could really put the addictions behind me once and for all. Now, I want to remind you in this podcast, we're approaching the problem of addiction from a spiritual perspective, and that is not meant to discount in any way the the medical, clinical, psychological approaches to addiction recovery. You know, I applaud any group, any organization that takes a stand and comes to the table striving to help those that are struggling. And the problem of addiction is complex. There is a physical aspect to addiction that requires clinical detox. In the life ministry, we help people get into clinical detox from time to time as they need that in order to get that drug out of their system. There is a mental and emotional aspect to addiction that requires cognitive therapy and counseling in order to to train the mind to think a different way. But there's also a spiritual component. And while I'm convinced that this spiritual component is the most important area in overcoming addiction, and yet it is also the most neglected area where it comes to overcoming addiction. And so the purpose of this podcast is to address that very root, that very heart of the struggle of the matter of addiction. My goal in this podcast is to offer you some biblical tools that you can use right now, you can apply to your life right now to help you overcome addiction in your own life. These have helped me over the years. They are ageless truths that I believe can help you. And so now that we've laid the foundation and we've already talked about in these first two episodes, the first episode had to do with what is an addiction from a biblical perspective. It's idolatry. That thing or that person, that activity that you've become addicted to begins to control you and begins to become your God. I often think of addiction as being a monster. And the more that you feed the monster, the bigger the monster grows and the larger his appetite gets. The monster of addiction is never satisfied, always craving more, always more wanting more, always demanding more. And so what is an addiction? It's idolatry, according to the word of God. And then again, in the last episode, I shared my story and how God has delivered me. Well, let me, let's proceed from this moment on. I want to start giving you some good, solid tools, biblical truths that you can use 
and you can apply to your life right now so it'll make a difference in your recovery. Whatever it is that you struggle with, whatever that addiction is, I'm telling you, you don't have to stay the way that you are. You can overcome those things, maybe that have bound you for a long, long time, but you got to be willing to come God's way. You know, a lot of other things may help you. 12-step programs may help you. Uh, getting involved in AA or NA or whatever your support group, that may help you. All the uh, psychological counseling and self-help books and programs and therapies out there, you know it may help you. And I'm thankful if it does help you. But I'm telling you, the greatest help that's made available to you is God's help. God created you. He knows better than anyone else how you ought to be living and also how you ought to overcome, how you can overcome addiction. So the first thing I want to talk about today as we get started, if you're ever going to overcome the addiction, whatever it is that holds you captive, you've got to admit that you have a problem. That's the first step. You've got to admit that you have a problem. You know, no matter what your problem is, you're never going to begin to deal with it. You're never going to begin to have victory over that problem until you at least come to this first step where you admit, you know what, this is a problem in my life and this problem needs to be solved. There could be somebody listening to this podcast today and you would say, you know what, Pastor Mike, there's been a lot of times in my life, just like you and just like your story, that I've tried to quit and I've tried to reform and I've tried to turn over a new leaf. And everything I have done has failed. Well, my friend, you're listening to the right podcast and the right episode because we're going to look to God and receive God's truth. Proverbs 14, verse 12 reminds us, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You know, if all man's ways and plans have failed you in your attempts to break free from addiction, I want you to be encouraged today because there's a greater power available. One of the 12 steps in the 12-step program that AA and NA uses and many other programs use in in the second step says, come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, a higher power, as it's often put. Well, when I think about the power of God, I want you to know he's the highest power. And so we're looking to the one who is not just a higher power than you, but he indeed is the highest power of all. We're talking about the God who looked into nothingness so long ago and created everything that we know as life and the world around us, including you and including me. So we want to look to him. So let me ask you today, what is your relationship with God? Where do you stand in your relationship with God? We're created to worship We're either going to worship the one true God of creation for whom we were created to worship, or we're going to worship by default an idol. We're going to get caught up in our own personal happiness, our own plans and our dreams, or we're going to get caught up in substance abuse and alcoholism or drug addiction or pornography or gambling or shopping or overeating or whatever it is. You can name it, whatever type of habitual lifestyle sin that exists that could be characterized as an addiction. You know, in the Bible, we've got pictures of people that are addicted to all sorts of things. I think about the Apostle Paul. Now, when you think about the Apostle Paul, you may not think of a person who was addicted to anything, but I want you to think about this. Paul was a recovered addict. Now, as far as I know, it wasn't drugs or alcohol, but what Paul was addicted to for so long in his life before he came to Jesus Christ is that Paul was addicted to religion. He was a very religious man. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, 
He said, I've been circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Before Paul met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus and had that life-transforming experience when he put his faith in the resurrected Savior, Paul confessed, you know, he was a very religious man. I mean, he was addicted to religion. Religion was Paul's drug of choice. It controlled his life. You can read in the scripture before the apostle Paul came to know Jesus Christ and surrendered on that road to Damascus. You can read about that in Acts chapter 9 of Paul's own personal conversion experience. Paul persecuted the church. He was the number one persecutor of the church. He was very sincere about what he was doing, so caught up and controlled by man-made religion, and he certainly thought that he was a good man in persecuting the church. And even though he was sincere, listen, he was sincerely wrong. Following Paul's conversion experience on the road to Damascus, He would go on, and God would use this man to write at least half of the New Testament. In fact, if you believe that God used Paul to write the book of Hebrews, he was a man who was used to write over half of the New Testament. What an honor. What a privilege to be chosen by God to write at least half of the New Testament. And yet again, before he was saved, he was an addict. He was a man who was controlled by religion, man-made rules and regulations, going about killing Christians, persecuting Christians, persecuting the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And yet he thought he was doing it all for God until Jesus Christ got him on the road to Damascus and he became saved, a born-again believer. And then God would use the apostle Paul to answer such questions. How can I experience true freedom in my life? How does a person receive forgiveness and salvation from God? How is this forgiveness even possible? And who is it that God wants to save? What does God's salvation really mean for me in my own personal struggles? The Holy Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul teaches us some very crucial answers to those soul-stirring questions. That's where we must begin. You know, it's first things first. Again, you've got to come to a place where you admit you've got a problem. And in admitting you've got a problem, you've also got to understand and realize, I don't have the power I need to meet this need. Again, because some of you are probably very familiar with the 12 steps, the very first step in the 12-step program is we've got to admit that we're powerless over alcohol. This is from AA, that our lives have become unmanageable. So in admitting I've got a problem, I've also got to come to the realization You know, I've tried so many things to quit and to change and nothing has worked. I don't have the power that I need to overcome this thing. I need a power outside of myself. I need a power greater than myself, just like a power outage. When my family first moved to Rocky Mount about three years ago, it seemed like every few weeks our electricity would go off at our house. Now, I know it wasn't that frequently, but it sure seemed like it sometimes. And in many times, these power failures would happen on a beautiful day. I mean, there was no storm going on and power would just go out. And funny thing about when the power goes out, and maybe you've experienced this too, even though I knew the electricity was out in our house, I would walk in the room and the first thing I would want to do is flip a light switch, even though I knew the power was off. Out of habit, I would just go through the house trying to cut the lights on, trying to cut this on, trying to uh, toast me a piece of bread in the toaster and trying to do all these things without the power to really get them done. 
Yeah, that was the same way in my life up until 27 years old when I surrendered to God and got serious about my relationship with God. All those mornings I would wake up and I'd make promises, you know, I'm going to quit, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to break free from this uh, addiction that's been holding me captive for so long. And every single time I would fail, it's because I did not have the power within me to overcome the addictions, the idols that held me captive. It was just like the illustration with losing power in my house. We got the power back on once the power crews restored the lines and got the poles back up or replaced the transformer or whatever it needed to be repaired. And then we got the power back. Yeah, at 27 years old, when I nailed an old-fashioned altar, my testimony from the last episode, at that moment in time, God began to repair me. I received a power in me I didn't have before. And you know what? God's still repairing me. God's still working on me to make me more like Jesus Christ. And he's still giving me all that I need to walk in freedom and to be set free from whatever it is that wants to hold me captive. And that same power again is available to you. So let me pause right here in this episode. Let me ask you, do you really want to be set free? Do you really want to stop hurting those who love you? Do you really want the power to be the person that God wants you to be. I'm not talking about willpower. I'm not talking about power you get through meditation or gaining more knowledge or through man's schemes or empty promises. I'm talking about God's power. I'm not talking about 10 steps or 12 steps or six steps. I'm not talking about any set of DVDs or a book that you can read that's going to give you this power. I'm talking about Holy Spirit power And Holy Spirit powers only gain for the individual who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. First John chapter four, verse 15 tells us this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 17, the spirit of truth. That's talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Now, that passage there, Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're born again believers. If you trusted Christ as your Savior, you've already been given Holy Spirit power, the same power I've been given. You've got it. You just got to make a conscious decision and choice every day. You're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It wasn't easy for me. Most people I talk to who have had to break out of addiction, it wasn't easy for them. But they had to come to a place where they begin to understand this is a problem in my life. This is a issue in my life that's got to be dealt with. And I believe we ought to call it what God calls it. You know, even though the clinical arena calls addiction a disease or sickness, and I would agree that it's certainly sin sickness, the Bible calls it sin. Now, when we begin to call sin, sin, and I know this is not a popular message today, but bear with me because there's good news in this. You see, when I call addiction a disease, a disease of which mankind has no cure for, there's no hope in that message. That's the message. Once an addict, always an addict. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But when we begin to call our addictions what God calls our addictions, there's hope in that. Now, what does God call them? God calls them sin. It's sin. It's idolatry, but idolatry is sin. And sin is sin. 
And that's a heavy word, and that's a weighty word, because sin means anything that's against God and his plan and his will and his purpose for our lives, that is sin. But when we call it sin, the good news in that is there's an answer to the sin problem. There's a way out of the sin problem. We can be forgiven of our sin. We can be changed, and so we don't continue to live in habitual sin. We all have the same problem. We're all sinners. You know, none of us are any better than anybody else. We're all in the same boat. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, there is none righteous, no, not one. Not the apostle Paul, not me, not you. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. You see, my friend, it's not about me doing better. It's not about me trying harder. It's not about me being gooder, if that's even a word. It's about me coming to God, putting my faith in Christ, and admitting I've got a problem. I've got an issue here, God. I don't have the power to be delivered. I cannot come up with the remedy to my struggle. Romans 3.23 says, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's been several scientific DNA studies conducted over the years that offer proof that all mankind comes from the same ancestor. Now, that doesn't surprise me because the Word of God starts in the book of Genesis with creation and that God began with one man and one woman, that's Adam and Eve, and so we're all related in the same bloodline can be traced back to the first man and the first woman. But Adam and Eve in that perfect place called the Garden of Eden sinned. They disobeyed God, and because they sinned, the sin entered the human race. And so every person born of man, which includes every single one of us outside of Jesus Christ, we all have a sin nature within us. We want to be pulled away from God, and we're so easily sidetracked from the life that God wants us to live because we've got a sin nature. The Apostle Paul even had that. He talked about it in Romans chapter 7. Verse 1, where he says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Now, the Apostle Paul sounds like uh, he's confused. I mean, when you read that passage in Romans chapter 7, it almost sounds like Paul, the Apostle Paul, is suffering from a bipolar disorder. No. You know what he's saying? He's saying he finds it so easy to do what's wrong. He finds it so easy to sin and so difficult to do what is right. And so it's not about our goodness. You know, the natural man wants to pull us away from God. We're going in the wrong direction. We need a power outside of ourselves. We need to admit we've got a problem. We need to cry out to God and ask God to help us. You know, most people think too highly of themselves. A lot of people in pride with a prideful attitude, they say, well, I can do this. I can beat this problem. I can put the drinking behind me. I can put the idols behind me. I can be the person God wants me to be. I'll buck up and be the man. I can do it. I'm strong enough. Romans 12, 3 warns us. It says not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt with each one a measure of faith. And so admit that you've got a problem and you don't have the needs whereby to meet your problem. And the problem is sin. I'm a sinner. God, this lifestyle I've been living has been a sinful lifestyle and call upon God for salvation and forgiveness and the power you need to be a person that you failed to be before in the past. And then you also have to understand there's a penalty for sin. 
The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so the penalty for our sin and that we're all sinners is that we should be separated from God forever. Now, here's the good news. When you begin to call addiction, what God calls it, sin, there's an answer to the sin problem. That is, we have someone who's been willing to pay for our sin debt, a debt that we owe that we could not pay. In Romans 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's only one person who's ever lived who's been capable of paying the sin debt that we all owe, and his name is Jesus. What makes Jesus so special? Well, he's more than just a man. Jesus is God in human flesh. Upon seeing the resurrected Christ, Thomas cried out and said, My Lord and my God. That's in John 20, verse 28. Jesus was born of a virgin, according to Matthew 1, verses 18 through 23. Jesus is the only one who has lived a sinless life, 1 Peter 2, 22. Jesus died on the cross and was able to pay your sin debt because he had no sin. Romans 5, verse 8. Why did Jesus die on the cross to pay for your sin? John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God loves you. God's already paid the price for your sin, but you've got to be willing to accept this gift of salvation through faith. You've got an invitation to do that. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That invitation is for everybody, everyone. God's not willing that any should have to die in their sin and to pay the penalty for their own sin. The Bible says in Revelation 22, verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Salvation's through Jesus Christ. He brings us peace with God. He offers us a power we didn't have before, a power we need to be everything God wants us to be. So that's where we begin in this journey together. First things first, let's call our struggles what God calls our struggles. Let's stop making excuses for our past behavior that we know is wicked and ungodly. Let's begin to take responsibility for our own failures, our own shortcomings, our own mistakes, and yes, my friend, our own sin. You see, when the world today wants to just simply call addiction a disease, from a clinical or even psychological perspective, and yet in calling it a disease to teach those that are struggling and there's no cure for this disease. That, my friend, is a hopeless, hopeless message. I'm thankful God offers us a message of hope, that we can be new creations in Christ Jesus, that we can be made new, that we can be born again. In John chapter 3, Jesus says, conversation with Nicodemus that day and Jesus said you got to be born again you got to be born not just of water not just of the flesh but you got to be born 
of the Holy Spirit of God. And that only happens when you come to that place in your life where you understand, I've got a sin problem. I've got a sin problem. I can't solve this problem. And you begin to cry out to God and ask God to save you. And so get real before God, my friend. Get real with yourself. Be honest. Admit your struggles and your problems. We all struggle. We all have problems. And that sin may be named different things in our society. But I'm telling you, sin is sin in the sight of God. And we're all guilty of that. And the penalty for that is we ought to be separated from God forever. But we don't have to be because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so God is holding out that gift of forgiveness, that gift of beginning again, that gift of a new start right now. And all you've got to do is accept it by faith. I wonder today if you'd do that. I can think of no greater thing, no greater decision, no greater choice you could make today than to do that. Can I pray with you right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the truth, Lord, that you've given us in the Holy Bible. I thank you for being a God who wants to not just forgive us of our sin, but you tell us in your word, you'll take that sin and you'll remove it as far as the east is from the west. Lord, that sin will be gone and it'll be gone for good. And not only that, but you give us a power we need to break free. We don't have to continue to live the life that we've lived in the past that's led to one addiction after another addiction to another addiction. We can kneel down at the foot of the cross, Lord God. We can begin to worship you and you only. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, for speaking, Lord, through your word in this episode today. And it's my prayer that you have brought hope to maybe a hopeless heart, that you've encouraged somebody listening to this episode today maybe just reminded somebody of your eternal truth. I I know right now, Lord, we're beginning our journey together in this podcast with the elementary principles, but Lord, we got to be reminded of where the power is and how we can change and how we don't have to stay the way that we are. We don't have to continue on these self-destructive pathways that we've chosen because of our sinful heart and the enemy around us. We can have victory. And right now for every single person, man, woman, young person, that's listening to this episode today. I want to claim by faith the victory in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray you'd cover them in your blood. I pray, Lord God, if there's somebody listening to this episode today who's not saved, who has never said yes to Jesus Christ, I pray your Holy Spirit's doing a work in their heart right now that they would just cry out to you. Lord, save us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to be praying for you. I want you to pray for me. I want you to have a great week. Focus on the Lord. We're going to be laying some more principles next week as I come back. My intention is about on on Tuesdays each week to post a new episode filled with tools that will help you in walking in freedom. You can walk in victory, but you got to come to this first step. Listen, just to recap, you got to come to this first step. You've got to admit you've got a problem and you don't have the means whereby to meet that problem. Look to the one who does have the means. He's got everything you need and more. His name is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week.